Welcome to the Totem Podcast. My name is Tim Irvin. This is Dr. Stacy Irvin. We are your hosts. Thanks for joining us from uh, one of our locations here in Toronto, where we have our health, wellness, and performance business. And we are just trying to give you great information uh, by which you can make good decisions on your own health and wellness journey. Uh, today, we are joined with Dr. Tamara Kung, naturopathic doctor, talking about recovery in our series on recovery. And today, the focus is on nutrition. So, Tamara, <laughs> how, how is nutrition going to help our recovery? I know we covered what recovery is in the last episode. Um, so curious to hear how you think nutrition fits into all of this. Hmm. Food, my favorite topic, as you guys know. Um, so when we talk about how we want to nourish ourselves post-workout, I often, you know, in all my other talks with you guys, I never emphasize on counting any numbers, calories or macronutrients, but this is an area where I do tend to focus more on protein intake and the research on protein is you know coming up it's not so much you know just even the grams of protein you want to make sure you want to try to achieve the full spectrum of amino acids different protein types right so that's the the i think big thing that people should be be aware of because we work hard and we want to repair and regenerate and grow muscle and strength and, and improve endurance so i think Protein intake is a big one that I'm becoming much more aware of and you know, helping support my patients post-workout, but also we want to make sure that we have less pain and, and suffering <laughs> after workout, uh, th- which is that not necessary. Nice. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, fun, some fun study shows that uh, taking watermelon or eating watermelon after working out can reduce the delayed onset muscle soreness, the DOMS as well, which is mm. interesting as well. So there's uh, a lot of different foods that we, we can focus on and goes also back to baseline, like real foods, right? Things that are not going to further inflame you because why people are sometimes sore or un- uncomfortable after workouts, it's, it's not because necessarily their muscles are broken to shreds, it's actually swelling and inflammation, right? So if we can mm-hmm. help reduce the swelling and just kind of move that fluid out a bit more, reduce that inflammation process, we know this, uh, our Toto community, what foods for the lower inflammation the best are the real foods, uh, practically speaking, right? Awesome. And, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, in other conversations that we've had, Obviously, fruits and vegetables are a big part of a well-balanced diet. Um, I think a lot of people who lift weights, especially men, think, okay, well, I lift weights, I've got to have some sort of meat protein to be able to take advantage of that, or supplemental protein Mm -hmm. to take advantage of that. How how does the fruit and vegetables all fit in with with that line of thinking? Yeah, so almost every food does have some kind of protein in it, right? Different forms of protein. And so if we're trying to look at different sources aside from animal protein, you've got your plants and the all-stars of that are your lentils, beans, uh, nuts and, and nuts and seeds as well, right? So having a variety, like if you were a plant, you know, for like plant-focused eater, if that's all you're consuming, you just have to be very mindful of having variety in your diet. That's a right. huge component to because- get the complete- Amino acid right. set, right? Okay. Um, because it is the quality of amino acid variety that is what we're seeing in science really important for, for athletic performance or just physical performance in general, right? So it's not just a case of, oh, you know, that thing's got protein, I'll eat that. You've got to be a little bit mindful of- You got to be more strategic. What? Okay. Yeah, especially if you're 
getting it from plant sources because the plant sources don't have a complete set of amino acids in them, whereas an animal protein does. So that's why, you know, you want to make sure you're putting pumpkin seeds on top of that, you know, uh, chili, that bean chili that you made, things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just to break this down and make it very simple for me, say I'm lifting weights for an hour, pretty heavy, and I want to have optimal recovery, and I eat meat, and I like smoothies with protein powder and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, is there any um, is there any evidence about this eating it immediately after, like within 20 minutes or whatever, that our cells absorb it faster? Mm. So what the evidence shows is that if you are new to working out, then it's really important for you to have protein and carbohydrates uh, within 30 minutes 30 after minutes. working out. Okay. But if you are a seasoned you know, gym goer or your body's used to this kind of exercise, it doesn't really matter how long after, as long as you get the amount of protein in sometime during your day. Um, so that's what the studies show for that. Is, is that like an adaptation thing that y- your, your system, your body, after having done it for a while, kind of knows how to deal with the protein, has no, knows how to store it, or is it the newness of exercise? I think it's the newness of exercise more because we don't store protein. Like right. that's one thing that that's right. why we have to eat, you know, a bunch every day, yeah. right? Um, so I think it's like the newness and like your body's just kind of figuring out like how to incorporate, like what to do after this this process. And I think the protein stimulus kind of prompts, you know, this this whole metabolic chain of, of reactions to support muscle growth and healing as well. So I think it's more of like a prompter than a, uh, anything else. Got Interesting. It. Okay. So back to my workout. So I've worked out for an hour very hard. What are my, <laughs> <laughs> rarely happens. Um, what are my top five things? So I eat all meats. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be my top five things I need to what are the best five things I should eat right after I'd say I'm, I'm able to do that? Yeah, so it depends on if you want to sit down or if you're on the go as well, right? Let's say I can sit down. Yeah? yeah. Okay. I would love for you to have a piece of fish, so okay. uh, some kind of small fish like a salmon or sardines on a bed of greens would be really great and okay. a side of sweet potatoes or some kind of nice complex carbohydrate. So just we do need some carbohydrates to refuel and replenish our right. muscles as well as you know. Um, and then just having a low inflammatory protein animal protein would right, be Right, which, which would be the fish. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how would that compare to protein powder in a smoothie? Am I, am I assuming that the good quality protein powders are low inflammatory? Yeah, I could say they're, they're okay. not very inflammatory. Okay. Um, if you don't have a lot of additives and sugar sweeteners right. to them, I would say they're totally fine as well. So if you're on the go, that would be a that good That would be your good have. one. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay, so for, so for someone like me, um, let's say I weigh like 145 pounds. I've worked out for an hour. What are my grams of protein that I should be thinking about with that meal? Like how much do I need? Right. So the RDA requirements of protein per, per weighs like 0.45 grams per 
okay so you just kind of take your weight in half but but what we see is actually beneficial to us is at least one pound per or one gram per pound per pound so for you it'd be 145 grams in a day at least if you want to like oh in a day in a day right um if you want to like maintain but if you want to build you might have to go up to like 1.2 to 1.5 extreme athletes maybe even two okay right um but per meal maybe you want to you can't absorb all that protein in one meal so there's no point just hammering it in Uh, so I would say you're capping it up to like 40 to no more than 50 grams is what your body can handle and absorb right so you know a good 40 gram protein meal would be ideal would be ideal and so how like how big of a fish is that so that's about a salmon like this big. that's pretty big yeah okay so that looks like it's sort of eight eight to ten ounces yeah wow okay so that's a bit of a readjustment for me because I probably, I really do try to eat it, but I don't, I think I have pieces that big. No, no right? like six, six, so, six ounces probably is what you okay. typically do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's and, interesting. And our kids um, or any <laughs> any youth athletes who are way more active than we yeah, are. Yeah, that's hard, right? Probably need, that. you know, if we're talking 10 ounces for us after, you know, as part of working out. Right. Um, for them, it's probably more. Is that right? Probably or? more because they are—they're young and they're growing and they're pushing really hard. Yeah, I would say. But you know, it doesn't have to all be salmon, right? right. Like it could be from nuts as well. It could yeah. be from an egg. So you could do like a niçoise salad, for example, right. right? So you've got your baked salmon. You've got hard-boiled eggs cut into it. You've got green beans. You've got nuts on top of it. Like you can. It doesn't have to be like a, just a, a chunk of mm-hmm. meat. Right. Yeah. That's hard to eat. I I totally get that. Very interesting. And what would an egg be? How many grams of protein? I think an egg is between six to seven grams per egg. Okay. Mm -hmm. With our kids who are teenagers, very pretty large and um, incredibly active, Mm -hmm. we often have the smoothie with the meal. Yeah. Because we just find that, first of all, they like it. We know they'll drink it. We can put a bunch of things in it that they need, you know, the vitamin D and all that kind of stuff. So that's an easy solution for us and also get the greens in and and all of that. My next question is, we have been adding the creatine and then we just read some new research that if you put the creatine with magnesium, Mm. you get better absorption. Speak to your thoughts on that. Yeah, I haven't (laughs) seen that research yet on magnesium, but... I would believe magnesium is something that relaxes our body and also mm-hmm. anything that kind of vasodilates the right. system increases oxygen efficiency and output, right? So yes. if you are talking about like pre-workout meal, very yes. interesting, like if you're giving creatine, for example, right? Yes. Um, the foods that help our body vasodilate are the foods rich in nitric oxide. Okay. Um, and those foods are a beet and arugula salad so beet doping is a thing that you search on this beet juice thing is very Mm -hmm. a lot of athletes are doing this yeah and so tell me is is that why is it the vasodilation is that what they're going for yeah yeah it's uh, so interesting increasing your oxygen efficiency Hmm. right you're you're oxygenating your whole body and your muscles way more right and that's what gives you that power output uh, not just endurance, but strength as well. How much beet juice do you need? So it, I think the studies do something like a quarter cup or something like that. Okay. But, um, what's better than a beet is the beet greens. And what's better than the beet greens is arugula. So 
I think arugula. So in the smoothie nice. then, maybe. You can put it in the smoothie. I find it, arugula it. In, yeah. in smoothies kind of like bitter, but right. um, I usually do before any workout, big workout event, I do a beet arugula salad plus whatever protein and things you want to have. But hmm. um, I actually fueled that way for that, the Toronto mar- half marathon I did nice. a couple of weeks ago and it nice. felt pretty good. So that, is, that is fascinating. <laughs> so I, I'm going to dial this back a little bit from the geekiness that <laughs> Stacy's. I have so many questions. (laughs) Because this is, I think, one of the the problems. Like, we're talking about nutrition related to recovery, Mm -hmm. and everything she's talking about is true and accurate, as what her answering is. It's it's just, it makes it kind of confusing for people when they're listening to this. It's like, we're really being specific, like a quarter cup of beet juice. and like so, So backing it off now to more practical thoughts about nutrition whether it's for youth or somebody that is trying to recover from you know a weekend of camping which is lots of physical activity that they're not accustomed to mm-hmm. uh, or trying to keep injuries down or inflammation down or those sorts of things that all contribute to recovery of any sort the other thing i have for you is her question is around like i just had a really wicked work day where i had 10 meetings and it was 10 hours of intensity that's not physical work, lots of sitting, but it, does nutrition count in terms of recovery for the, the cognitive? So I know that I said a lot of things there. So first, <laughs> let's, start with, let's start with sort of the, some, some basic guidelines on what does a day look like for good nutritional recovery? So I would say it doesn't have to be very complicated, as you said, Tim. Like, as long as you are eating real foods, as we define as no package, no problem, or your five ingredient rule, you are probably on the right track better than most people, right? As long as you're not filling, in other words, like as long as you're not filling your body up with like processed junk that has no nutrient add right. and is only inflaming you, right. you are fine. So yeah. honestly, like keep it simple, real food first. And then if you want to do, I do like an antioxidant checklist after a hard day's work, for example. And we know our three categories of antioxidants are your berries. So I was like, okay, did I get a cup of berries in? Check. Right. Did I get two cups of green leafy vegetables cooked right. or raw? Check. Uh, did I get a teaspoon of herb and spice? Cause that's our potent heavy hitter for antioxidants. Check, right? So if you wanna have kind of just like a quick and easy checklist, like, hey, what are the things, the three elements that I can bring into my day to just help myself recover and just like put out the fire that I just right. set in, in my body physically or mentally? That would be, I think, the simplest way to think about it. Okay, and, and for breakfast, you know, when people think about real foods, mm-hmm. somebody might think like uh, bread and peanut butter is real food. I, I, like, what does bre- breakfast look like? Because I think dinner makes sense. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a, a good Easier. quality meat, vegetables, you know, that like you can envision what that dinner looks like. But right. what does lunch look like and what does breakfast look like for yeah. real food? So breakfast could look like a three egg omelet with mushrooms and spinach and some goat cheese or feta cheese, right? Like you get some greens in and then you can have like a cup of berries or something on top. And then, you know, maybe you put some herbs and spices on there. So like you got your right. antioxidant checklist right off the bat if you right. do something right. like that, right? Okay. Um, lunches are, I think, pretty pretty easy and also easy for takeout options around right. because we're really fortunate in Toronto area where there's like a lot of good food bowl options so just getting a salad bowl or just any kind of bowl with your favorite proteins and like they put a ton of seeds and things like that and I always like to keep like sauerkraut near me or I tell my patients 
whatever you get takeout, like any salad bowl or whatever, or you make your own salad, just put like a quarter cup, half a cup of sauerkraut on it as well. Um, because as we talked about in our gut health before, if you can cultivate a healthy microbiome, that's the stuff that's automatically creating anti-inflammatory molecules throughout the entire day, even when you're eating or sleeping, right? So if you have good gut health, you are lowering that inflammation and helping your body recover. Microbiome, we can get to another conversation later on, but like the impacts on sleep and, and our mood and mental health is also huge. So I always love to put sauerkraut or I have, you know, kimchi with my eggs and right. side of avocado, things like that. So yeah, I don't know if pickled, I'm confusing yeah, it more. Pickled, <laughs> no, 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 that, pickled that. onions, did those, those count? Um, so pickles are different from, from fermented. fermented. So okay. when you're looking at a pickled jar, yeah. it will say added vinegar to it, right? Right. Whereas sauerkraut will not say any kind of vinegar or acid. It's like the natural bacteria that creates the acid for okay. you. So sauerkraut will just say cabbage, water, and salt. Okay. No vinegar. Okay. And that's a real fermented Cabbage, food. water, salt. Okay. Mm. I'm not carrying that around. I'm just telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that committed. But I, 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 I like the idea about it. It's like, but I'm going to find places. You're right. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about this avocado toast that I get regularly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's got fermented um, vegetables red. on it. Yeah. Sometimes they put, I think I've seen like pickled red onion on yeah. it or something. Hmm. It's, it tastes yeah. really nice. Like yeah. that's a really lovely addition better like one up on that is like just put sauerkraut on it so just leave a jar of sauerkraut in our totem fridge downstairs right okay okay i could do that i just don't (laughs) want to carry it i could totally do that Uh, that does help a lot because it it just people can visualize everything that you just said and i think that if you just go with some version of that through your day then uh, inflammation is lower and your recovery is better yeah Right. Okay. So back to the, the last question I had, which is I've had 10 meetings, 10 hour day, intense day, sitting most of the time. How does my nutrition or does my nutrition matter at all to my cognitive recovery for the next day? Yeah. So I think this one, uh, I'll tie it into our last conversation on sleep as well. Cause like cognitive function and like helping you come become more resilient to stress and just kind of like cooling all jets in your brain and your body comes from actually that sleep component. So how can we set up our nutrition to support sleep is an important question. So one of the big things is a lot of people do so well during the day. Like I eat so, so healthy, so well. And then at nighttime, it's when like the snacking happens mm-hmm. and the cookies come in or like, you know, For desserts, sure. right? 100%. And so this is, you know, I'm not saying never do this, but like one of the things is we need to keep our blood sugars stable while we sleep because if our blood sugars are getting shot up high, the higher it goes uh, up, the further it's going to drop while we sleep. And when we have our blood sugar drop so quickly at night, our body actually wakes up because it's like right. we need fuel. We're out, we're right. out of sugar, right? Whereas if we have a more steady blood sugar level, then our body's not going to have that like big dip and not going to have those micro awakenings in our body. So one of the things like people, are, I don't know why I'm getting up. It's not to pee. Like it could be because their blood sugar is dropping too quickly, right? And that's coming from the foods that we're eating at nighttime. Um, so our body is much better suited to handle carbohydrates or sugars earlier in the day we can process that way more efficiently and it doesn't hit our blood sugar or insulin um, levels too much right so i always say like if you're gonna do that stuff like eat your cake 
earlier in the day. Wow. Right? Don't eat it right at night because that's just going to mess your sleep up and, just, you know, train wreck after that. <laughs> that's so interesting because right now I mm-hmm. do the exact opposite. Mm. And the reason is I don't like, so because I we both love sweets, I don't like, if I do it at lunch, then I get that sugar crash. And then by two or three, I'm like so tired. Right. So I strategically do it at night so that the sugar crash is happening when I'm supposed to go to bed. And you don't feel it. Like you don't feel the hit, right? Yeah. (laughs) And, And so like... We know we talk about how that impacts the quality of your sleep, sleep. right? But also your insulin sensitivity, Mm -hmm. you become much more like insulin resistant Mm -hmm. that way too. So this is what can contribute to a lot of fat gain or weight gain for people. So interesting is because they're you know kind of backlogging all that stuff where their body's like, we can't handle this right now, so we're going to store all this extra sugar as fat instead. Whereas earlier in the day, it's like, yeah, we can handle this. You're metabolizing it. it. Oh my god, that's so interesting. And plus, you're moving. I need to change that totally. Um, And I get it. It's like a, it's a habit. It's like a, it's a custom that we've had through our, our, you know, societies like dessert after dinner. Yes. Um, But how can we reframe what desserts after dinner look like? So the other night, I had friends over for dinner, and um, you know, we had options. So I, I. I know no one's going to invite me to any parties, uh, so I like to give people choices. And so one I'm of the options, <laughs> I know. one of the options was you could have creme brulee. There was creme brulee there, um, but I also cut up a bunch of oranges. And, I like, pick fruits, the creme brulee. Right? So you can times. pick. You can. Hey, I give my guests the option, the choice, right? So you know, I, I don't want you to feel like, hey this is only a dessert like these are the sugary foods and that defines dessert whereas like you know oranges or other things can also be dessert so what i do is usually i eat my bowl of oranges first and then if i want creme brulee yeah. after then so i have I'll a little bit have mm-hmm. a little bit but then i'm yeah. already like really full and after your dinner oranges. and oranges okay that's a great right? strategy and mm-hmm. of course the one thing that we haven't talked about well i have two questions um alcohol so, mm. so alcohol, I know, is going to destroy our sleep, and it's just bad in every single way. But it is a reality of so many people's lives. Like, so Tim talked about the guy who had the ten meetings, mm-hmm. and is exhausted. And I guarantee you, that's tons of our patients and tons of our clients. Where all they want to do at the end of that day is hook up with a friend and go for drinks because Mm. they're like oh my god I had the worst day it was so stressful and that's our society pattern so I guess as a strategy if I stop all those bad things three hours before I go to bed is that am I okay or no is it still super bad it's better if you're doing it earlier in the day so you know if you have your cutoff for alcohol like 6 p.m right right that's at least not going to impact your sleep as badly right instead of it's going to be our new thing day drinking I think there's that movie where like there's morning drinking anyway she's just looking for an okay value so this is I'm only speaking on behalf of my patients and people I know friends I know yeah so if, I always say like I'm a little hardcore and and my patients know this so if if we're talking about trying to have good sleep mm-hmm. and you still want to have you know a bunch of drinks throughout your day or your right. week um, talking about good sleep is like we're, we're not starting that conversation yet until you know you're ready to but I say I want you to leave you know 
alcohol is in your realm it's in your choice because i get it it's a social connector and as we talked about in our last podcast social connection is the most important thing in terms of our health and wellness i think and um i never want people to feel isolated right. because they're afraid to to mess up their sleep right right so how i like to preface it is like don't be restrictive like don't say don't drink alcohol i'm like we are movers and shakers at Totem. Mm-hmm. We like to do things that are new to innovate and do things better, right? Yes. So how I like to try to open this up is I want you to have a variety of activities to do with your, your friends to right. decompress. So sometimes it could be going out for a drink, but sometimes it could be playing board games like you guys did the other totally. night, right? Yep. Or sometimes it could be doing, hey, you're going to join me for one of Queen Lee's yoga classes which we're doing on Friday night. Yeah, I so love like, that. I want you to have options so that it's not always every time yes. I meet my friend, it's to drink. It's Just like drinking. Yeah. sometimes we drink and sometimes we don't so that you reduce the frequency of that alcohol intake by 50% or whatever you, you choose. But um, alcohol, is, it is a difficult one because it's so ingrained in our society. But right. I want you to find other fun things to do with other people, right? Yeah. To, to open it up. I love that. And, yeah. and to me, yeah, pickleball. Yeah. The pandemic really screwed us up mm. because that was, it was our only option for so many years. Like, like we've had this conversation with our friends where we said, what did we do before we sat around and drank together? Because I know we did things, you know, we went to concerts and, and we maybe like, we went to movies and, yeah. and we did lots of things. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic, it, stopped it and the only thing you could do was meet with the friends outside in their backyard and of course like for most of us that just means you're going to eat and drink together Mm -hmm. so it really got us into this habit and then everybody's like kind of not wanting to push out of it 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 requires some active planning like when we were talking about this party that we had i'm like we're playing games we're doing these things and consequently we all drank much less than we would normally because we were busy doing things which was awesome um, okay, so one final question that I have. Recovery and hydration. And so I remember a talk that you did, um, I think it was last year, where you were saying mint tea is like such a, re- a very good thing for you and good for your gut. And so I've been doing it at night, mm-hmm. you know, but I do go to bed late. And that's because a lot of times we have activities and things like that with the kids' sports. And then I have the tea. Mm-hmm. And then I have to get up to go pee, which ruins my sleep. Right. So, well, I shouldn't say ruins it. I go back to sleep, but it's irritating, right? Mm-hmm. And, and also, the reason I'm asking this question is, again, I do have tons of patients who, because our intake is always, how do you sleep? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, okay, I get eight hours, I get seven hours, but it's interrupted because I have to get up and go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, is that the three-hour cutoff, too? Is, like, stop drinking? No, I, I don't want you to be too, super dehydrated. But what right. the, I think the issue is for a lot of us is that we get so caught up and busy throughout our day, we forget yeah. to drink. And right. then at nighttime, we're trying to make up for right. it, right? Yeah. So how I get my patients to do this, I, I set an alarm on their phone. Uh, I put a 1 p.m. alarm okay. is when you should have finished your first one liter bottle or one liter intake. Wow. And then okay. 7 p.m. goes off. That means you should have finished your second, second. Two, okay. second liter, right? Okay, that's good. So then you like you know that. you can spread it throughout the day yeah. and, and not backlog it because right. that's what really I think is, is causing that like 
you know, having to wake up to use the washroom at night. That's brilliant because mm. I know I hit dinner dehydrated mm. and then I drink a bunch at dinner, but yeah. I don't drink enough during that afternoon, yeah. like from, because I'll drink at lunch, but lunch till dinner, that's a big spread where I think lots of people don't drink much during that time because right. you're busy working and doing things. So mm-hmm. I love that. By mm-hmm. seven, get your second that's liter. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So give that a try. We'll, we'll set an alarm on your phone right now. Because <laughs> okay. Stacy will not be able to do that. She could set one, but not two. I have faith in you, Stacy. Yeah, You're right? open to change, right? And yeah. Like somebody needs to bring reality to this thing. <laughs> um, the other thing I found works really well for my patients is nose breathing at night. So that's another topic we can talk about, about yeah. breath. Um, when you breathe through your nose, I'm sure you guys have maybe read James yes. Nestor's book Breath. or some of the rest research. Fabulous. Um, when you're nose breathing, you're slowing down uh, the function of your kidneys. Right. And so your kidneys are not outputting as much urine hmm. as quickly. So breathing through your nose is something that can help people sleep through the night and not have to wake up to pee. Um, so use mouth tape or Band-Aid. I like Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah, awesome. that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Next. We've, yeah, we've seen some, we've been playing around with that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, we will uh, have that as another topic. I yes. really like that one. I like that too. Yeah, we're, we've got some it's really important actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, from my perspective, what we've learned about recovery and nutrition is really if just if somebody's taking one thing away from this, eat real foods throughout the day. Stay away from processed foods. If you're not sure what a processed food is, then educate yourself or get get somebody to help educate you because that by itself is going to help with recovery and you'll feel better cognitively, you'll feel better physically. So if you work out, your workouts will be better. If you need to apply yourself to a project that you're working on, you'll be able to do so with higher levels of focus and those sorts of things. Is that a fair thing to bring mm-hmm. it back to high level? Yeah, because that stuff puts out that inflammation in your body, that fire and chaos, right? So we wanna make sure that your body's cool and calm and also your blood sugar is not doing this, right? So that you can be steady and focused throughout your day. So awesome. You got it. Thank you for, for coming, Tamara. Really appreciate you joining us again. And thank you. That of, was awesome. Of course, we want to thank Totem as our, our sponsor. Um, <laughs> and, uh, thank you, Totem. Thanks uh, for having me. I forgot to mention at the start of this one that we record in a live gym. And this particular episode, there's been a lot of, a lot of heavy weight, lifting, a lot of lifting going on. So if, if anybody's been hearing that. Don't let it scare you. That's why. Uh, and, and now it's time to dance. Ha <laughs> ha